Hi Krishna everyone and we are continuing with the book called Rajavidya, the King of Knowledge. By His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, page number 50. So, of all people, why did Sri Krishna select Arjuna as a recipient of this knowledge? Arjuna was not a great scholar at all, nor was he a yogi, a meditator or a holy man. He was a warrior, about to engage in battle. There were so many great sages living at that time, and Sri Krishna could have given Bhagavad Gita to them. The answer is that, despite being an ordinary man, Arjuna had one great qualification. Bhaktosime Sakacheti You are my devotee and my friend. This was Arjuna's exceptional qualification, a qualification which the sages did not have. Arjuna knew that Krishna was the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore he surrendered himself unto him, accepting him as his spiritual master. Unless one is a devotee of Lord Krishna's, he cannot possibly understand Bhagavad Gita. If one understands, if one wants to understand Bhagavad Gita, he cannot take help from other methods. He must understand it as prescribed in Bhagavad Gita itself, by understanding it as Arjuna understood it. If we wish to understand Bhagavad Gita in a different way, or give an individual interpretation, that may be an exhibition of our scholarship, but it is not Bhagavad Gita. By scholarship we may be able to manufacture some theory of Bhagavad Gita, just as Mahatma Gandhi did when he interpreted Bhagavad Gita in an effort to support his theory of non-violence. How is it possible to prove non-violence from Bhagavad Gita? The very theme of Bhagavad Gita involves Arjuna's reluctance to fight and Krishna's inducing him to kill his opponents. In fact, Krishna tells Arjuna that the battle had already been decided by the Supreme, that the people who were assembled on the battlefield were predestined never to return. It was Krishna's program that the warriors were all destined to die, and Krishna gave Arjuna the opportunity of taking credit, taking the credit of conquering them. If fighting is proclaimed a necessity in Bhagavad Gita, how is it possible to prove nonviolence from it? Such interpretations are attempts to distort Bhagavad Gita. As soon as the Gita is interpreted, interpreted according to the motive of an individual, the purpose is lost. It is stated that we cannot attain the conclusion of the Vedic literature by the force of our own logic and argument. There are many things which do not come within the jurisdiction of our sense of logic. 
As far as scriptures are concerned, we find different scriptures describing the absolute truth in different ways. If we analyze all of them, there will be bewilderment. There are also many philosophers with different opinions and they're always contradicting one another. If the truth cannot be understood by reading various scriptures, by logical argument or philosophical theories, then how can it be attained? The fact is that the wisdom of the absolute truth is very confidential. But if we follow the authorities, it can be understood. In India, there are disciplic successions coming from Ramanuja Acharya, Madhavacharya, Nimbarka, Vishnu Swami, and other great sages. The Vedic literatures are understood through the superior spiritual masters. Arjuna understood Bhagavad Gita from Krishna. And if we wish to understand it, we have to understand it from Arjuna, not from any other source. If we have any knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, we have to see how it tallies with the understanding of Arjuna. If we understand Bhagavad Gita in the same way that Arjuna did, we should know that our understanding is correct. This should be the criteria for our studying of Bhagavad Gita. If we actually want to receive benefit from Bhagavad Gita, we have to follow this principle. Bhagavad Gita is not an ordinary book of knowledge which we can purchase from the marketplace, read and merely consult a dictionary to understand. This is not possible. If it were, Krishna would never have told Arjuna that the science was lost. It is not difficult to understand the necessity of going through the disciplic succession to understand Bhagavad Gita. If we wish to be a lawyer, an engineer or a doctor, we have to receive knowledge from the authoritative lawyers, engineers and doctors. A new lawyer has to become an apprentice of an experienced lawyer, or a young man studying to be a doctor has to become an intern and work with those who are already licensed practitioners. Our knowledge of a subject cannot be perfectionalized unless we receive it through authoritative sources. There are two processes for attaining knowledge. One is inductive and the other is deductive. The deductive method is considered to be more perfect. We may take a premise such as all men are mortal and uh, no one need to discuss how man is mortal. It is generally accepted that this is the case. The deductive conclusion is Mr. Johnson is a man, therefore Mr. Johnson is mortal. But how is the premise that all men are mortal arrived at? Followers of the inductive method wish to arrive at this premise through experiment and observations. We may thus study that this man died and that man died, etc. 
and after seeing that so many men have died, we may conclude or generalize that all men are mortal. But there is a major defect in this inductive method, and that is that our experience is limited. We may never have seen a man who is not mortal, but we are judging this on our personal experience, which is finite. Our senses have limited power, and there are so many defects in our conditional state. The inductive process, consequently, is not perfect. Whereas the deductive process from a source of perfect knowledge is perfect. The Vedic process is such a process. Although the authority is acknowledged, there are many passages in Bhagavad Gita which appear to be dogmatic. For instance, in the seventh chapter, Sri Krishna says, Matah parataranna nyat kinchidas tidananjayam mai sarvamidam protam sutre mani ganaiva. Quote, O conqueror of wealth, Arjuna, there is no truth superior to me. Everything rests upon me as pearls are strung on a thread. Unquote Bhagavad Gita 7.7. Sri Krishna is saying that there is no authority greater than him, and this appears to be very dogmatic. If I say, there is no one greater than me, people would think, oh, Swamiji is very proud. If a man who is conditioned by so many imperfections says that he is the greatest of all, he blasphemes. But Krishna can't say this, for we can understand from the histories that even while he was on this earth, he was considered the greatest personality of his time. Indeed, he was the greatest in all fields of activity. According to the Vedic system, knowledge which is achieved from the greatest authority is to be considered perfect. According to the Vedas, there are three kinds of proof – Pratyaksha, Anumana and Shabda. One is by direct visual perception. If a person is sitting in front of me, I can see him sitting there, and my knowledge of his sitting there is received through my eyes. The second method, Anumana, is auricular. We may hear children playing outside, and by hearing, we may conjecture that they are there. And the third method is the method of taking truths from a higher authority. Such a saying as, man is mortal, is accepted from higher authorities. Everyone accepts this, but no one has experienced that all men are mortal. By tradition, we have to accept this. If someone asks, who found this truth first? Did you discover it? It's very difficult to say. All we can say is that the knowledge is coming down and that we accept it. Out of the three methods of acquiring knowledge, the Vedas say that the third method, that of receiving knowledge from higher authorities, is the most perfect. Direct perception is always imperfect, especially in the conditional stage of life. 
by direct perception we can see that the sun is just like a disk, no larger than the plate we eat on. From scientists, however, we come to understand that the sun is many thousands of times larger than the earth. So what are we to accept? Are we to accept the scientific proclamation, the proclamation of authorities, or our own experience? Although we cannot ourselves prove how large the sun is, we can accept the verdict of astronomers. In this way, we are accepting the statements of authorities in every field of our activities. From newspapers and radio, we also understand that such and such events are taking place in China and India and other places all around the Earth. We're not experiencing these events directly, and we don't know that such events are actually taking place, but we accept the authority of the newspapers and radio. We have no choice but to believe authorities in order to get knowledge. And when the authority is perfect, our knowledge is perfect. According to the Vedic sources, of all authorities, Krishna is the greatest and most perfect. Not only does Krishna proclaim himself to be the highest authority, but this is also accepted by great sages and scholars of Bhagavad Gita. If we do not accept Krishna as authority and take his words as they are, we cannot derive any benefit from Bhagavad Gita. It is not dogmatic, it is a fact. If we study scrutinizingly what Krishna says, we will find that it is right. Even scholars like Shankaracharya, who have different opinions from the Personality of Godhead, admit that Krishna is Svayam Bhagavan. Krishna is the Supreme Lord. Vedic knowledge is not a recent discovery. It is all old revealed knowledge. Krishna refers to it as Puratanah which means ancient. Krishna says that millions of years ago he spoke this yoga to the sun god and we do not know how many millions of years before that he spoke it to someone else. This knowledge is always being repeated just as summer, autumn, winter, spring are repeated every year. Our fund of knowledge is very poor we do not even know the history of this planet more than 5,000 years back. But the Vedic literatures give us histories extending millions of years ago. Just because we have no knowledge of what happened 3,000 years ago on this planet, we cannot conclude that there was no history then. Of course, one can disclaim the historical validity of Krishna. One may say that Krishna, according to Mahabharata, lived 5,000 years ago, and this being the case, there is no possibility of his having spoken Bhagavad Gita to the Sun God so many millions of years ago. If I said that I gave a speech on the Sun some millions of years ago to the Sun God, people would say, Swamiji is talking some nonsense. But this is not the case with Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
Whether we believe that Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita to the Sun God or not, this fact is being accepted by Arjuna. Arjuna accepted Krishna as the Supreme Lord and therefore he knew that it was quite possible for Krishna to have spoken to someone millions of years ago. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we shall continue in the next episode tomorrow. The link to this book is in the description, so please check it out and read along with us and we shall see you next time. Haribo!